This week on Casa de Confidence, we have Becky Smoke of Becky's Mindful Kitchen, or BMK, a place to come cook, connect, and create. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. And your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a missionary, and risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are a supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Daniel Collins. How you doing? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Sunday fun day. Sunday fun day. So, what are you drinking? I am drinking my favorite Trader Joe's coffee mm. that I happen to have stuck on because it's it not your back f- on stock. Yes, it's it not your favorite coffee from oh. Trader Joe's. It's okay. your favorite instant coffee yes, from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. You, you, okay. oh, Trader I just, Joe's. Mm. Listen, don't yuck my yum. Trader Joe's discontinued my favorite El Salvadorian coffee. Yeah. So now I'm relegated to the instant, which is pretty good. It is the cold brew instant, which is delish. It could be hot or cold, and I start drinking it hot, and when it cools down, I have iced coffee. It's a win-win. Don't shake your head. I, I just, it's instant coffee. Oh, my God, the snob, police. Really? It's not real. It's Yes, like, it is. What do you think? Well, it's, it's, it's freeze-dried, like, coffee water that they make water-soluble. Listen, the astronauts eat freeze-dried, and it's okay for them. You know it's why, okay for me. Do you know why the astronauts drink mm. freeze-dried coffee? Why don't you enlighten me? Because... Because you got to do things different in space. We don't live in space. I know, but I have not found the coffee that the I certain can Certain things they have to do. Okay. Like, we don't have to pee in a bag that fits over your genitals. Now we've moved on to coffee to pee. This hey, is a great conversation. the astronauts have to do that. We don't have to. Well, I can have they don't the clarity have- of choices for myself. And it tastes good. I enjoy it. And you should leave it there. Am I making you drink it? Who is it hurting? Nobody. I'm just saying. Back off. There's better things in life than peeing in a bag and drinking instant coffee. I am not unless, peeing in a bag. Unless you're an astronaut. Then I'll drink all the instant coffee that I can get if I get to go to space. You know, Michael Strahan is going to space. <laughs> I heard about that. <laughs> I know you heard about it because you told me. First of all, I'd like to apologize to all the listeners about talking about genitalia. Anyway, let's move on. Yes, wow. Michael Strahan is going to be uh, going to space. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Would you go to on space? Would I go to space? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But you're afraid of heights. Really? Do I fly? Sure. Not like a bird, you don't. It's a different don't. thing. It's a different thing. 
You know what, though? What? Going to space is, is not a fear of heights. Mm. It's a fear of a lot of other things, if you have that fear. But a ride on a rocket is a whole different experience than anything you can experience other than that. Mm. You know, it's, I mean, you got to prepare your body to to receive that G-force of being launched We should space. go to one of those places hey, that replicates that. William Shatner did it. He's like 90, but he is Captain Kirk. Did you hear me? We should go to one of those places where they replicate that G-force. The G-force? Yeah, and see how you do. Do you know the G-load of a rocket launch? Okay, can I just remind you, this is not the nerd podcast. Okay, then I won't answer that question. If People can Google it if they want to. You know what? Nerds shall inherit the earth. Okay. Is that you know from what? the book of... If not for a nerd... Is that from the book of geeks? If Yes. If not for a nerd, you would not have the miracle of your cell phone in your hand right now. Okay. I, I never said nerds were bad. I just don't want to have the conversation. Okay. Well, I am going to pr- I am going to act what I preach, which is that if you have a target audience, which I do, and my target audience is not nerds. My target audience are incredible, amazing women who value relationships who value themselves want to grow and learn and be entertained and inspired and well okay maybe some of them are nerd Mm -hmm. but you know that may be a very Mm -hmm. small portion of my target audience that likes the nerdship stuff the nerdship how about uh what what was it coding coding that's you know women women coders uh, this is not a coding no what i'm saying is Yes. Empowerment, female empowerment. Yes. And there's a lot of nerds out there. Uh, first you know of what, all, though? we should not categorize. We should not categorize women you know coders what? as nerds. I think they I, could be badass, talking, sexy women. But the thing is, we're talking like we grew up in the 80s or something and we just haven't evolved. <laughs> Maybe we have grown up in the 80s and haven't evolved. You just opened a whole new can of worms, Daniel Collins. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Oh. To Gen X. Cheers. Anyway. Gen Here, S- cheers me. Gen S. Tink. Tink. Yay. Mm. Okay, so. The, the only generation that can listen to their parents' music and their children's music. We and like are it. an amazing generation for uh-huh. sure. By the way, thank you for an amazing Thanksgiving. Thank you for an amazing Thanksgiving. I really enjoyed myself. Okay, can I just tell you, I have a little bit of regret, so don't be mad at the little regret I have. Mm-hmm. Do you know what my little regret is? Yeah, that we didn't get to eat at Abigail's. No, actually, my regret is that I didn't cook. Really? <laughs> oh, I, my Lord. I was looking at pictures online, and I was feeling a little bit of FOMO. Okay, I do not regret that wonderful meal that we had because we went to the amazing Capital Girl again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan wore his standard red shirt like he did last year, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he paired it up with a. Uh, you you like the shirt? I love the shirt. It's my favorite shirt of yours. But I just found it funny that like I took a picture of you this year for Thanksgiving and, and had the same shirt, the same shirt as last Thanksgiving. Hey, you go with what you love. Maybe I just need to update your wardrobe. But back to the conversation of my regret. My regret is we went back and forth. Originally, we had a reservation at this wonderful place that I've been wanting to go. 
And mm-hmm. my mom is visiting, and it's called Abigail's, and it's one of the oldest houses here in New England. The house dates to like 1700. And they had an amazing looking menu, and I thought, oh my god, this is so tasty. Then, for you know reasons that we're not going to go into, mm-hmm. basically scheduling, we decided mm-hmm. to go to Capitol Grill. It's haunted, though. That's not Abigail's. Why we, that's not why we didn't choose to go there. Well, but, that's what I told you. Okay. Then we decided to go to Capitol Grill, which is where we mm-hmm. went last year. And it was fantastic, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I loved every scrumptious bite of my meal. But oh, then, thankful. Here's the deal. Oh, the best mashed potatoes. Oh, oh yeah, I for love. sure. I, Those mashed potatoes were incredible. Wow. But. Okay, go ahead. I thought, huh, when was the last time we had like a holiday meal in our home? Hmm. And we haven't done that in a while. That's what I said a week ago. Yeah, I know. But a week ago, I didn't feel like cooking. Now that mm. I saw everybody else's pictures I, and I'm feeling I actually, FOMO. I actually said I would cook everything. No, but here's, I you didn't said, want you to cook. No, I you didn't want said, you to cook. I wanted to cook. I want to, no, you, you said. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't remember what I said. I said I wanted I to, want be, to waited be waited on. I want to be waited on. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I did say mm. I wanted to be waited on, but we haven't had a meal at home. And I really, it's, here's the thing. You would have cooked a very lovely meal and I would have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. However. Yeah, you would. I also like to cook and I wanted to make a really nice meal. And I think I probably would have been like, I don't know. I wanted to make fancy meal. Big you know what? Fancy meal. You know what would have happened? Recipes. What we would have cooked, we would have cooked together, made this big beautiful meal, mm-hmm. and then you'd go online and see somebody eating out, and you'd have FOMO, and you wish you would have gone to. A <laughs> okay, you know what that's called. You know what, what all this is called is compare and despair. Compare and despair. Compare and despair is also uh-huh. a thought error or a cognitive distortion. So if you have. Mm-hmm. Compare and despair, which is a cognitive distortion, a, cogn- a cognitive distortion or a thought error. How do you go about fixing that? Well, there's a very good way of fixing it. And mm-hmm. first, you have to identify where you're thinking. And okay. just for the people who don't know what thinking errors are, I want to go through them really quickly. I don't know what thinking is half the time. Okay. <laughs> thinking errors is ignoring the good, blowing things up, fortune telling. You know, when you say, oh, I know if I ask her, she's going to say no, right? That's fortune telling. You don't know until you do it. Uh, mind reading. People are looking at me. People think I'm, I'm wearing an ugly shirt. That sort of thing. You're thinking you know what people are thinking. No, that doesn't happen. Or negative labeling. Oh, I'm a loser. I'm terrible at what I do. Or setting the bar too high for yourself. If I don't get this thing or I don't achieve this thing, that I'm not smart, right? Or self-blaming um, when you, you know, when you say, oh, my gosh, Dan is mad at me. I wonder what I did. Hmm. All this sound familiar? Hey, honey. Feelings hey, as honey. facts. Yes, honey, honey, are you upset at me? Oh, no. No. Okay. Five minutes later. No. Honey, are you mad? You, are you mad? Okay, no. I didn't Why are you being say so I quiet, don't then? have these You must thoughts. be mad. Okay, listen, let me go through them. Feeling is facts is, for instance, when you say, I feel bad and ugly. Well, you're not fat and ugly, bad or anything. Oh, it's snowing outside. 
Talk about attention deficit. Oh, shiny. shiny. Okay. Yes, it is snowing outside. Should statements, right? People should always be nice to me. This always, uh, I should always do this, right? These are thinking errors. And one of the things that happens when we have these thinking errors is that we deprive ourselves from actually being able to have a growth mindset and really work through. And the best way to work through our thinking errors is to reframe your thoughts. Anytime that you're thinking something like I should have or this or this person is mad at me, then you need to go through and identify those thoughts because your thoughts create feelings and your feelings create actions. So find out what happened, Hmm. which is, you know, whatever the circumstance might be. And look at what your thoughts are about the circumstance. And then identify what those thoughts are creating as far as a feeling and then your action. And then when you identify the thought that you have that led you to feel wah-wah or think a thought error, then create a new thought, right? So rather than if your friend is mad at you or, or you think your friend is mad at you, rather than thinking, oh, my friend is mad at me and she doesn't like me, think, well, my friend is upset or my husband's upset. I'm not sure what's going on, but I don't know for sure what's going on or whether or not they're upset. So anyway, that's just your little tip for the day. That's a nice top tip. Thank you. Anyway, hey. Yes. Hay's for horses, by the way. It's better for cows. Pigs don't eat it because they don't know how. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? No, I've never heard You've that. You've never heard? That's no. the whole thing. It is? Say hey. it again. Hay is for horses, better for cows. Pigs don't eat it because they don't know how. I'm sure if you give a pig hay, they would eat it. You've been saying the first part of an entire, it's kind of like a rhymer, a limerick. And you didn't know it was part of something. Well, listen. You have just expanded your mind. Well, you seem to always enrich my life, Daniel. Today, her heart has grown three sizes. I don't want my heart growing three sizes. Sorry, it's kind of a grin. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that means. Anyway. Hey, you're looking rather sexy today in your glasses. Well, thank you. I am wearing my glasses because I am going less... Capable of seeing. Capable of seeing (laughs) that I could before I was 50. And I made an appointment for you to have your eyes checked again. And I need it rescheduled because... Yeah, I just... You are working insanely hours, by the way. People don't care about that. But do you know what, or rather, who they're going to care about by the end of this episode? Okay, I know who they're going to care about. Well... But here's the thing that we did unintentionally, by the way. What did we do? We talked about cooking. We talked about farms when we talked about horses and hay. And Becky cooks in a farm. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was so freaking intentional that's us. crazy unintentionality so sometimes you, works out you guys nailed are it. going to get it nailed it that's from a cooking show really <laughs> wow <laughs> okay wait Here. i have to say so, about becky go ahead you guys are gonna love becky you are gonna love her uh Julie and Becky have a great conversation, and actually, they're cracking themselves up. Oh my gosh! We had so much fun. They spoke for like twenty minutes before this interview, and it wasn't it wasn't recorded um, fully. 
but it wasn't part of the interview, but they were hilarious. And that kind of carried into the conversation into uh, in the podcast. So I will I, say a couple of things that I do want to mention because okay, they're important. Number one, um, Becky and I, again, we cracked each other up. She's so easy. But you will notice that this is my first, one of my first interviews after or during my recovery from COVID. So my voice is a little um, not myself, number one. But still, that didn't matter. Number two, Becky was very patient with me, considering that before we started the interview, um, Armageddon was happening in my house. Uh, the FedEx was in the front door. Amazon was in the back door. And um, the UPS guy was dropping some stuff on the side porch. So <laughs> that was a fun little. Uh, we're going to have to post this video in for our for our listeners, our friends of the show who will get um, private access to some of these video content. But that was number one. Number two, the other thing you should know about Becky is that in addition to her being so wise and creative and a stoic, um, and you can learn a little bit more in the episode about what we mean by being a stoic, um, she is also a very generous, loving person. Today is Small Business Saturday, well, Sunday, today's Small small Business Saturday was yesterday, but one of the things that she is doing is she's doing a Small Business Saturday giveaway, and you can still um, nominate people or organizations who deserve some extra kindness this month, Um, and they can be local or national organizations, and she is going to give them a workshop, one of her free workshops. But again, she also has some amazing things later on today. She is doing one of her free uh, classes on how to cre- how to make English muffins, I think. Oh my gosh, I really wish I could go, but I'm going to be out and about. But I, I love that. And then December 2nd, she is doing a master class on holiday cookies, cookie decorating on the 5th girls group she has coming on to the farm but then you know she's got other workshops for mindfulness for teens for parents and you really should check her out because she is one of those people that is making an impact on the world she is very candid if you go into her group or her page in facebook becky's mindful kitchen she shares some of her personal struggles being a type 1 diabetic um, having an eating uh, disorder. Also, some of the things that she has had to encounter overall in you know her her life journey. So she she's super cool, funny, adorable. By the way, and you really want a hair in your corner. You want a, a friend. This Becky's your girl. So um, anyhow, Daniel. Without further ado, Becky Smoke. Welcome again to another episode of the Casa de Confidence podcast. I have with me Becky Smoke, and I had the pleasure of courting her through and building a relationship with her in Clubhouse. I happen to really love her insights, her wisdom, her way in which she is always looking to evolve, become better, but also teach others. And she is got some really exciting things cooking so I want to introduce her and have her just tell us who she is and, you know, welcome to Casa. Thank you. Dude, that was clever. I like that. I like it. And that well just done. came out. I just pulled it out of you know where. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
those are the best. I always I enjoy when I get those, and then I just have to like pause and be like, "That was really good." That was really good. I know. Just like give that moment. Um, no, I you know. It's fun. And I really love that you said you courted me. I haven't been courted in. I did. So I, I wanted you since I've heard you. I think what you were talking about, it was a book room with Kate. And I was like, she would be such a great guest. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes I think to myself, this is going to be such a great guest. And then, you know, the attention deficit of all shiny by the time I get to like, oh, I should write an email. I should. And, and I have like a list of people that I keep in. Um, although I may want you more than somebody else that maybe I met a week ago, I, I actually go down the list and I write the emails and say, or the messages and say, hey, I was wondering if blah, 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 blah. So, but yeah, I, I wanted to have you. And I know that we talked about you coming into the podcast and we were trying to find the right time. And then I got COVID, so we had to put that off. And I still have that sexy COVID voice going on. <laughs> no, it's really nice, honestly. Oh, like, it's, thank you. I was. Uh, we have a cold going around the house, and I was like thinking maybe I was getting it. And I was like, ooh, like I'll have like, a good mm. voice for this. But no, I just have like. <laughs> no, you sound great. Sneezes. No, I know. I just get like I just have the sneeze, which then like makes me remember that like I had an eleven pound baby. Um, every time I do sneeze, I'm like, well. Well, I haven't had any babies, and let me tell you, this coughing has uh, you know left me with like oh. That's a situation, all right? So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can't wait to stop coughing. <laughs> That's brutal. No, like, so the, the book that I had talked about <laughs> was The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Yes. And I have a stack of these books in my house, and I just, like, constantly giving them to people, anyone who needs it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, have you gotten it yet? I have. So, okay, hold on a minute. Let me see. My coach actually sent me the book. When you were talking about it, I don't even know. Hold on. Is it in here? No, I must have put it. I must have put it in the bookshelf. Um, he's very good. Like he, he, I don't know if he heard me talking about it. Um, and he's not on Clubhouse, um, but he's very good. Like once I would say like a quarter, I usually get a gift from him. And it's like either a book or he sent me an avocado plant. I my tripod. He sent me. The grow in avocado can grow that inside. It will not winter well. So yes, I'm, I have it inside. It's been almost a year since I got it, and I I do not do well with plants. And he he named he he's in Florida. My coach is in Florida, and he grows oh. them in Florida. And so I get first of all, I got this um, I got this bag, and it was dirt. I'm like, what the hell is this? What do I need dirt for? And then I got another package, and it was actually the pot. I'm like, okay. I'm like, and he's like, did you get my gift? And I said, yes. But, you know, I didn't, like, I was going to ask, like, what do I do with it? And I thought maybe, um, and, and he's like, you know, I really hope that, you know, you continue to grow. And this is a symbol of, you know, your, my, like, well, okay, that's nice. And I, and people hear me talk about all the time about how I, I don't grow any plants. I have two plants that I've had. I'm not even going to say how long because um, I'm going to jinx them and they're going to die. Yeah, and no, all of my plants are called petunias. And this is petunia one and three. Because I am probably, I have purchased Petunia 10 by now, but 
they end up just dying. So now this avocado tree, finally, the thing came and it came in like a tube from FedEx, looked like a poster. I opened it and it's like the stick with the little thing wrapped in a paper towel. Like, okay. And he's like, you got to plant that. It's a money tree. And I was like, oh my God, you're making me plant something? This is going to die. He's like, don't think that way. Just plant it. All you have to do is put it in the ground. And I did. And for a long time, it was just like a stick. And it was very indicative of my business too, because for a long time, my business was just like, okay, it's just there, but like nothing is blossoming. And then all of a sudden, it got a little tiny sprout of a leaf. I'm like, oh my God, I better really pay attention to this and take care of it and make sure that I'm doing, is it getting enough sun? Is it getting enough water? And then it's it grew another and another. And then I was like, whoa. And that I noticed like within the parallel of my business, I was getting clients. I was, you know, moving along. I'm like, this is so great. And then all of a sudden the leaves started to die and fall. I'm like, I'm killing it. Shit. <laughs> and anyhow, but now it's, I think it needs to be replanted to a larger pot and it is inside and it is in, in, it faces south. It's like I wonder where our windows in the living room where there's more light, but yeah. some of the leaves are about this big and some of the oh. leaves are this small and it's really, really, really tall and it's just a stick. I'll send you a picture of it. It's very odd for sure. Yeah. At, at some, that's, that's really cool. Now my question is like when the leaves are starting to die, like were you struggling your business? Like, is this like, a I was, I was. like when one of the leaves died, I lost a, a, my first <gasps> high ticket client. Um, and I lost her not because, you know, she didn't like working with me, but um, she was diagnosed with cancer and she's like, uh, I really, you know, um, and, and it's the second time that, you know, it was a reoccurring cancer and she was really struggling. And she's like, I can't, my business is not my first focus right now. And although, you know, she had worked with me for six months and she had gone on a month to month program, I really understood, you know, and, and then the second leave, um, there was a company that I was working with and then they said, you know, this has been great, but we really can't afford, you know, your services anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm very, um, I forget what the word is. I, I, and, and it drives my head, uh, superstitious. I, I, I'm like, I, I'm like, is that a sign? Drives my husband crazy. Um, and then when, when the leaves started to grow, I was like, oh my God, okay, keep the eyes on the prize. And sure enough, like it's blossoming and it's growing. And I have some amazing clients that I'm working with. There's so many opportunities that have come up. Um, but yeah, it's it's so, I, yeah, like I make those connections. Mm-hmm. Right there, like Julie and the magic avocado tree. You know, you got your tree going. It's, it's interesting. And he does, he sends those to everyone. And in his, um, he's made a video. I don't know if it's in his Facebook page, but in his he made a video where he's talking about growth and what it takes to grow and what it takes to nurture relationships and the same thing with plants. And he has all the little starter seeds that he has, so the avocados, and he sends those to, he actually has a client, one of the people that 
um, he was a guest on the podcast. He was living in um, South Africa when he started working with Trevor and he sent them the avocado tree. And now he went back to LA. He brought his avocado tree with him. So it's, it's fun. It's fun to see that. Well, it's kind of, well, and, and not to like shit on your superstition because like we all have our thing, right? But it's almost that, that confirma- confirmation bias, like working in your favor. Like the more specific you are in something, the more universal it is, right? Mm-hmm. So like if I like am talking to a group and I reference like loading the dishwasher, like being very specific of that, chances are somebody's been on either the side of having loaded it wrong and someone being mad at them or being the one that's mad at the person loading it wrong, <laughs> you know? And it's just like getting really specific and we just, yeah, make it yeah. fit. So your avocado tree, like, yeah, you know, it was fit that or it has magical powers. And, it, it may uh, have magical powers. I, I, I yeah, tend to better name that the lead with your clients. Yeah. And then like, if one starts Ooh. to die, you can call your client be like, okay, a couple things. Get to the doctor right yeah. away. Don't like watch where you walk. Like, yeah, right. I know, that right? Oh my but God. Uh, no, that's I. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I have no idea how we were talking about why we were talking about oh, I, tree. because we we started talking about the book and how he sent me the book. Oh, and he sent you the tree. There you go. <laughs> send me. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, duh. yeah. So, um, so Becky, yeah, why don't you tell people about who you are and what you do? Where do you live? And yeah, tell us more about you. Yeah. Well, as an avocado rancher, I, um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. No, I, uh, you'll not be getting one of my countries. So I live in Iowa and, and what I, what I do is, um, it, it's interesting because you caught me at a part, point in the business where it's really transitioned um, a lot. So I run a cooking school. That's how it started about <laughs> nine years ago. I got diagnosed with type one diabetes are really looking at what I was eating. I had always um, grown up in a household where we ate like organic food and stuff. And I kind of mm-hmm. went on a deep dive of like, what is actually like what's healthy, right? Versus what is just marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I started a cooking school at Becky's Mindful Kitchen. And I did cooking classes for adults and kid camps. And, you know, two years ago, we built a whole new house and a commercial kitchen in the basement. We have, and we started building out this entire like adventure playground in the timber, you know, goats mm-hmm. and chickens, farm, all that. I love that. Behind all of that though, was this um, underlying like secret that I was carrying and the fact that like for 20 plus years, I have been dealing with an eating disorder of some sort. Mm. So I was hospitalized with anorexia when I was a you know, 13 years old. <laughs> and then um, that developed into bulimia. And that that secret was just preventing me from really doing what I wanted to do and, and speak in the way I wanted to. Mm. Because here I was running a mindful cooking school and talking about like mindful cooking and mindful eating. And right. then like, you know, fingers down the throat, head on yeah. the toilet four times a day. So yeah. I felt like a very much a hypocrite. And I mm-hmm. didn't like feeling that way. And there's a lot of shame with that. Um, and I, and I struggled so much to to try to get under control to no avail. And it was this feeling of 20 years of, you know, studying and, and therapy and all this stuff and feeling like I had all these tools in my toolbox, Mm -hmm. but no key to get into that toolbox. And it was just driving me bonkers. Um, this, uh, March of 2020, I don't know if you remember, but like a pandemic came to town, um, and, uh, 
yeah yeah it's you know some people still still remember those yeah yeah those and, and you know some some in some places it's overextended they're welcome <laughs> yeah pretty much everywhere um so what and um so COVID hits and me being who I am, I'm like, yeah, you know, this seems like a really good time to like totally go into recovery and stop this like 20 year, mm. um, you know, dance with bulimia because like, how can a pandemic be like an extra stressful time in anyone's life? Like let's do my version of sobriety at the right. same time. But it, it honestly worked because mm-hmm. here was a time when like the, it was so, the gravity right, of like, getting sick right. because I have a daughter who has lung issues like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't be screwing with my health. Yeah. Also I couldn't go to the grocery store with the same ability I could. Like I also like my ways, my kids are home. My ways of like keeping this a secret, mm-hmm. like we're, we're gone. I'm like, all right. Yeah. You like, were, you were in a place it, where you were so exposed uh, and, yeah. and, and the routines that um, kept, you know, the behavior that you've had for so long, all of a sudden, um, you know, are you, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't have a place necessarily to really hold it under, under wraps. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, like I, I took it on and then, you know, I got to the point where um, I'm, I'm a big fan of vulnerability, but I'm a bigger fan of um making sure that you own your story before mm. you, you share it and yep. you you don't be vulnerable um you know if, if someone's reaction to your story is going to impact you mm-hmm. and how you feel about yourself yeah then you should be sharing it so, so you know, true waiting. oh my god that, right? that i i yeah. want people to hear that again and i think that sharing your story it has to come from a place in which you own it Right. Yeah. And well, it, it, and not be affected. Not, yeah. People are going to have yeah. an opinion about your story, and you should be okay with not caring about what that opinion is. Yeah. No. If if your if your mindset, if your if your any of your emotions, if your happiness is dependent on someone's reaction, mm. honestly, in any case, then yeah. you ought to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So it was waiting till I got to that point, and then I, you know, posted it. Mm-hmm. on my Facebook page yeah. and made it public. As soon as I did that, leading up to that, Julie, I'd started making a transition of like writing about mindfulness before then, mm. like social media was like random photos here and there, right. like a class. And that was it. Um, I started writing about it. And then I, as soon as I will share my story of my struggle with bulimia and, and all that, it legitimized so much what I was saying. I, my fear of like, Oh no, people are going to think like I'm a fraud it was really the opposite. Instead, like, yeah. it was like, oh, okay. Like, she's not just, like, spouting off this mindfulness crap, having never, like, applied it to her own life or right. never having struggled. Yeah. And I so said, that's when, like, the business are shifting. And mm-hmm. so now, yes, I still do cooking classes. Yes, I still do, like, events out here for kids. And we have mm-hmm. wood fire pizza oven. It's so fun. Where my purpose and passion lies has been in more of the realm of, holding these workshops on like mindful leadership mm-hmm. on storytelling, um, working yeah. with queens and teens on, you know, mental health, going in businesses about leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, what's kind of like different about my approach is, um, it's all based in the philosophy of stoicism. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, so, uh, 
stoicism's like so misunderstood. I always feel bad. It's like that, like misunderstood kid in high school. Um, and, and also like a lot of times, um, being a stoic is seen like like for men, right? There's not a lot of female stoics out there. And so I'm a bit odd in that, in that way, a bit of a misfit, but it's been really fun to open people's eyes to stoicism and show like it doesn't mean you are void of emotion because like yeah and that's the misconception know. people have that stoicism is about not having any emotion mm-hmm. yeah and instead it's about like the idea of like again going back to that owning right mm-hmm. of responding not reacting like emphasizing like making sure your emotions and the emotions you have are helping you and not hurting you right absolutely so, and that's I think that key thing in but yeah like, and that's I'm, huge I think um you know with um with an eating disorder or any type of um behavior um there there's something that gets us going right and I, I mean I think one of the things that I, I've been dealing on the other side of the coin you know weight has always been an issue for me um I've never considered myself as having being overweight. It's really weird, right? But I am. And I lost 40 pounds, but through the pandemic, I gained a lot of it back because I fell off my um, my routines and I started to fall back into bad habits. Um, but the mindfulness piece, right? And, and for me, when I overeat is because I'm looking for that buffer on the emotions that I'm not looking to see. Yeah, And I think that this is um, when I am really paying attention to, you know, what's bothering me, what's going on, then it's easier for me to stay focused on, you know, how do I nurture my body? How do I um, do the things that make sense for me? I started, you know, exploring clean eating because I have an autoimmune and I know what my body feels like when I'm not eating things that nurture my, me as opposed to, you know, and, and yes, we, we can go down that rabbit, but whole for you in the posts that I've seen on your Facebook group, um, you know, you, you, or even your post on Instagram, because, and, and again, it's the storytelling piece of it that you are seeing, you're letting people see into you and there's a rawness to it. But I think that you're also allowing people to say, I can see myself in the overarching theme of what she's writing about. And that's really touching. Well, and I appreciate that. And I like and I know, you know, as you said, like the idea of the mindfulness in recognizing, like, oh, okay, this is what this is doing for me. And mm-hmm. one thing with what I teach and when I talk to groups, it's about making it like approachable and practical mm-hmm. and sustainable. I feel like mindfulness is a word that's thrown out there and yeah. a little bit of it's like it's kind of demystifying. Like what is mm-hmm. what does mindfulness mean? I don't do yoga. Like mm-hmm. I like I have tried, I injure myself with yoga worse than I do with jujitsu. Like I do jujitsu, mm-hmm. I'm good. Yoga, yeah. like I'm out for weeks. I've, it's and I don't meditate either on the standard mm-hmm. way. It's recognizing like what, you know, mindfulness Mindfulness is simply just like awareness, right? right? And being and present. Me, yeah. And, and for me, what they sort of recognizing like, oh, okay, bulimia, like I spent all this time battling it, right? Mm-hmm. Like seeing like, I got to get over, I got to get through it, all that. 
and recognizing like, oh, okay, like she's, she's a really good friend. She's trying to protect me and recognizing like a lot of times these things we see as like our vices, like they're trying to protect us. Yeah. And, and it's, so when I start feeling really triggered and like, you know, trendy in that way towards that, it's, I'm going to pause and be like, okay, awesome. Hey, thanks for the heads up that I mm-hmm. am overwhelmed or anxious about something, right. you know, like now I know, like it's a great friend in the sense of like alerting me to things. Right. And, and then just, you know, taking that approach with like fear, with all those things that anxiety, everything we see as negative. I hold through mm-hmm. the three part series on kind of like, hello, anxiety, my old friend, like recognizing like, yeah. hey, like anxiety can be there for you. Right. You cannot let it like, I'm always like, okay, welcome it into the house. Like, mm-hmm. not, like let it in, but make sure you establish the house rules right. and anxiety is not establishing it, you know, mm-hmm. um, with that. But it's, you know, a lot of people have said like, okay, what are you going to do? Like you run a cooking school, like how you change the name of your business. Like, are you not? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like the kitchen, mm-hmm. it, it's a place of gathering, right? Yeah, for sure. You don't have to even like eat in the kitchen to have like, really amazing conversations in that yeah. kitchen. And My kitchen really is where we probably, you know, like I said to you earlier, we come in through the house and using the back door, which is right. We don't even have a mud room. We just come in right into the kitchen, but the kitchen is where we talk. We have a lot of conversations where we have our little dance parties. Um, we, um, you know, just laugh a lot um, so yeah, it's, it's such a central place and it's where things are made. And I think that if you're designing a new life, if you're designing, refiguring out how to manage your mind, the kitchen is a great place to come up with that. It's like, yeah. uh, um, you know, I, when I used to teach and I used to train teachers, um, I used to encourage them to do, to do a lot of cooking activities to teach math. And I think that um, this is, you know, or teach science. And I think that, you know, our life, things need to add up in a certain way. And in our life, we also have to have the right combination of things that create an outcome that we want. And all of that can happen in the kitchen for sure. So I love that that's your brand. And I love that that's what you're doing. Exactly. And like with, especially with kids, um, you know, because I'll have a couple hundred kids each summer come through and throughout the year, it's, you know, a few thousand kids are coming through here and they all know that they're not, if they screw up, like they're not allowed to start over again. So like my rule is, is like, you don't get to dump it. Partially it's because like, I don't want to pay for more ingredients, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just a flat. I'll tell them, right. like you guys are eating my inventory as it is because you just spilled an entire gallon of milk. But um, it's uh, saying like, hey, where, like, where did you screw up? Wait, let's make something new out of it. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to like, okay, we're no longer making this, you know, whatever right. the recipe was, let's turn this into something else. How do we fix it? Yeah. And because like in life, like we don't get to home. just like, you know, hit like restart, right. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are playing all these video games or you have how many different lives and you get to right. just like start over again. Yeah. Like, you know, that's how it works. We, we got it. And so that's where like my, I bring in the stoicism mm-hmm. of the, you know, my favorite phrase there's kind of like two that I repeat every day to myself and one of it is the amor fati amor fati it's latin for like embrace your fate mm-hmm. like, like all right like like not just even like accept it but right. like love it love it like, embrace it 
Yeah. Like, yeah. like this happened to me. All right. I'm going to love this and find a way, right. To turn mm-hmm. that obstacle into an opportunity. And, yeah. and the other one comes from a great story from Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Teddy Roosevelt and just like learning about his ways. Definitely had some things I don't agree with, but that's mm-hmm. how it goes with everyone. Um, but he tells a story of being on this hunting trip in Montana mm-hmm. and like everything's going badly. Like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. And he has a friend with him at one point, you know, the weather's turning and, you know, Teddy looks at the weather and he says, his friend, like, oh, I'd rather it wouldn't storm. And his friend who's just whistling around along, you know, stops whistling, turns to Teddy and says, well, I guess we aren't getting our rathers on this trip, are we? And mm. then go back to whistling. And the idea of like, we're not getting our rathers. Right. It's something I say to my kids all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't always get our rathers. We get mm. what we get. And so yeah. like, how do we, how do we work that? Yeah. And that idea of like, you know, that process over the outcome, right? Understanding what's in our control and what's not. We have a habit of thinking we're in control of a lot more things than we are. Oh, right? for sure. And for sure. So much of our anxiety is based on those externals. And so if you're able to break down what can I actually control, your anxiety just like almost, you know, it just it dissipates, right? It mm-hmm. dilutes it. Yeah. And, and and with that, like always practicing like what could go wrong. I am like the person I'm all I'm always looking at every single thing that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Seeing what are those things I can, you know. What can you control? For? What is the controllable yeah. in your environment? And and exactly. here's I think I want to unpack a couple different things that you said. Um I think that when you know you're doing these cooking classes. Um, what a great lesson in mindset, uh, in a growth mindset for your, mm-hmm. for your kids, right? Because this is what happens in life. We're not always going to do the right thing or have the right ingredients, or and maybe we intended to X Y Z, but life is good. like for me, right? I didn't intend to go to a speaking engagement, come back and have COVID. But what can I do to control what's going on, right? And how can I still show up? And even if I can't achieve what I set out for X, Y, Z because of the circumstances, how can I make this work for me? And how can I make the best of it? And I think that that's something that people don't focus because they're trying to control the things that are outside of their control instead of trying to control themselves, their thoughts, their actions, and the results that they're going to get from the actions they take. And the same honestly goes with cooking with, you know, and, and honestly for most of it, like we do a lot of like um, fire starting and archery and stuff like that. Ooh, that's with the so cool. stuff. Um, Cause like archery is a huge good example of what's in your control and what's not. And same with starting fires. Um, but uh, like say fires. Um, but when I'm doing the kitchen, one thing I always tell people is like, Hey, like in this really life, like what is success for you is very different than someone else. So like what you mm-hmm. think tastes good yeah. is going to be very different than what I think tastes good. So when oh, for I tell people sure. like all, most of my recipes I teach are just like a base recipe. I'm like, okay, now you have to customize it to fit your taste. Yeah. Or if someone says like, oh, like I did this is way too spicy, you know, or I didn't like it, it was too spicy. You know, I was like, okay, well, cool. Like if you know you don't like spicy foods, like why did you put that much pepper in? Right. You know, like recognize like you do not blindly follow mm. like somebody else's recipe. Yeah, like, I, just- I'm not very good at following recipes. 
Um, <laughs> I'd like to bake. I'd like to cook. But for me, like I'll, my husband laughs at me because I'll, I, every Christmas or Christmas Eve, we typically have an open house. And I make and I pull up these recipes uh, that I plan out a month in advance. And then when I start to make them, I'm like, yeah, I'm not adding that. Or I'm going to add this. Or And they really are my recipes now. Uh, because I I customize them, um, but when you were saying that as well, you know I I my husband made a chili I don't know maybe like a couple months ago, and he was so proud of himself. He was like, "This is delicious," and I went and I tasted it. I was like, "Oh my god, it is so!" And I like spicy. I'm like I can't even put that in my mouth. And he's like, "Do you like it?" I'm like, "No, it's awful." He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm not eating that. I'm not. And and it's the thing that, um, and then he stood on his ground. He's like, well, I think it's the best thing I've ever made. And I'm like, good for you. And that's, I think, what happens, right? Take the ingredients that life gives you. Figure out, you know, maybe there is a guide, but make it your own. Because I think that you are going to be so true to you by adding the things that make sense for you in whatever situation. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny how people get very, especially kids too, like they want the recipe, right? They want to know how much and like, I like piss people off because I'll be like, all right, because sometimes I'll teach classes and I do (laughs) like my online ones, my public, they're all free. So I did like 200 last year during COVID. Oh my God, that's amazing. It was like, I won't do that again. That was a lot. Um, but they start up again for free next month. But I'll say, okay, like put a, like a, you know, I have my own measure, like, you know, a dollop, right. Or like mm-hmm. a glug and like, I'll give them approximate measurement, mm-hmm. but I am, you know, I'm a bit of an asshole and that like, I will I not that. give you exactly what you're wanting um, because it's not about, I don't want you to follow a recipe. I want you to figure out for yourself yeah. what, what works for you. And it's just the same thing of like, Learn, it's that mindfulness, right? Of recognizing, mm-hmm. like, okay, like taste it. A lot of people don't taste why they cook. And um, one thing I always tell people is like a great mindfulness exercise is if you're making something, put all the seasoning in except for the salt, mm-hmm. taste it, and then add the salt and taste again. I'm going to have the to try that. The salt allows you, the salt allows you to actually taste all the flavors, right? Mm. Um, before, and you also, you'll taste the oregano, you'll taste the garlic, you'll taste the flavors. So figure out for yourself in your life, like, what is your salt? Like, what is it in your life that allows everything else to all of a sudden, like, just be more vibrant, right? Like, mm. what is it that when it's not there, life's kind of like, nah. But when you have that, when you find your salt, life gets pretty beautiful. Oh, my and God. I, I love that. So I'm going to have to try that. That is so really awesome. Fun. I think that, you know, and, and going back to what you were talking about with the whole mindfulness approach and you know, realizing that it's not necessarily sitting uh, on a, on a, you know, meditation pillow and clearing your mind and going, um, if that's your jam, more power to you. But for those people who are intimidated by this whole mindfulness process, you know, mindfulness for me, do I meditate? Sure. But my mindfulness moment that I really look to every afternoon to incorporate into my day is I make a cup of tea. And I really am present in watching the water heat up and listening 
And then when I pour that into my either teacup or teapot and just pouring the water and watching the water go and then putting the tea in and then I'm using honey these days because of my throat, but typically don't. But all that moment of just being really aware to the senses, the watching the water, listening, um, it's a mindful moment. And then when I bring it back, whether I sit here or in the send-in, I... You know, taking that first sip and being really in that moment, because that's my little break and opportunity to just reconnect. And that and mindfulness is something that helps me reset. And when we allow ourselves, you know, the things that we do every day to just create this moment where you're really in the moment, as opposed to like, oh, being on the uh, texting someone while you're making your tea or you know, talking to someone while you're trying to wash the dishes, but just really creating these um, routines and rituals can make you a little more peaceful and present in your life. Oh, I love that. It's such a wonderful practice. You yeah. do. I, I guess it's, that's really good. And like, I, um, I do that somewhat with the kids. I'll give them like a raisin mm-hmm. or a blueberry, right? Yep. In mouth. It's like, okay, don't chew it yet. Like first, get, what do you what do you feel? Right. Like, what is it? Yep. It awakes the senses in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun to do that. And I think one thing I've run into, especially with like teens and then honestly with like um, a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs, it's like that issue of mimetic desire, right? Mm. Like we think to ourselves like, oh, I, I want to do this. I really do. Because we do see what's working for someone else. Right. Like we see like, oh, they're doing that and that looks great. Like, I really want to do that. And mm-hmm. taking that step back and saying like, okay, what is it that really brings me joy? So that idea of that salt right. is like, you can start recognizing like what things like, <laughs> what ingredients do you have in your recipe that mm-hmm. actually are not really doing anything to make it taste better? What are those yeah, things you want? That's yeah. so, that's okay. so true. Um, Becky, you know, there's one story um, that, you know, and I, I told you about this when you first posted it on Instagram. Um, but I'd love for you to share a little bit of the story with your daughter and the baby check, because I think that this is such, and I, I think I talked about this on the podcast at one point. Um, because so Yes, you did. And this is a funny okay. thing. Okay, so I was this way, right? Like the world happens in your place. Um, I was listening to that episode. It was, it was with Molly Dare. And so I said, Molly, and I was like, oh, I love Molly. I was like, I'll listen to it. So I was listening to it and I got to that point where you mentioned that story with my daughter. Well, that day, my daughter was working. She had to write a story for English class and mm-hmm. it had to be where you learned a lesson. And she was writing that story. It was the really? first time ever writing it down herself. And that same day that I listened to your podcast, we referenced it. And so I played it for her and uh-huh. like her, like she was just uh, the, you know, that, that smile that kids right, get. Right. Like, I don't want to look like they're like so incredibly impressed and blown away and they want to like still look cool about it but really they're <laughs> like what um so the story is is my daughter uh, she was we had um all baby like 24 baby chicks and they're mm-hmm. only like three or four days old and they're in this tiny like a smaller coop and she had her cousin on facetime who lives in california so she's trying to show him it so she has her phone in there and she's walking through kind of crashed over and she sees this little chick run right in front of her and she thought that like she just couldn't stop it in time and her foot landed on it and she felt it crunch underneath her foot 
and I'm downstairs. Honestly, I think on Clubhouse. Um, and <laughs> she comes running in and like calling me. I run up and she has this baby chick in her hand, and it's this white baby chick, and there is there's blood coming out of his beak. It is like I look, I'm like, dude, I'm like, she's like, I need to save it. She's like, I stepped on it, I need to save it, I have to solve this problem. And I looked at her and I just said, Hun, I don't think I think this one's past being saved. And <laughs> she just looked at she was like, No. She's like, I have to make this right. And she acknowledged in that moment, she was, I know, mom, I know it won't, it may not lit. She's like, I get it. I know that I have to do something. And so I'm like, all right, do it. What do we need? You know, and she went, she got, she got gone. She went down, she grabbed the 18 gauge needle. Like we've had injured animals, chicks before mm-hmm. from like camp kids squeezing them too hard. Um, so we know like girls see that, okay, it had a collapsed lung. So right. she got to work doing it and she just, she did it. And what mm. struck me so much was like, she just, she was able to make that jump between yeah. saying like, I like, I screwed up, right? Mm-hmm. This like, it's on me yeah. recognizing that like, you know, there's that quote of like, it does it like, we don't help ourselves by bemoaning our troubles, right? Like, right. we don't do anything. Like there's no use in bemoaning trouble. Like we don't make any better, get to the action. And so she was able to skip that whole little chunk of time. And most of us like beat ourselves up. Yeah. Right. And like, or we try to like dump it on someone else, you know, say like, oh, it's a chick's fault. Like, oh, or like, this is too small. Like we immediately try to blame someone else. Right. So she accepted it and moved on and got to work. And I was watching this and I just felt this like feeling like I wish so badly that at age 10, or oops, 11, uh, I knew, I, I knew how to sidestep shame. Yes. And, and that's a big lesson at that age, because like, I remember at that age, I, I, it, it's probably one of the things that has haunted me for a while. You created an environment for your daughter where it was acceptable to not only make a mistake, but fix it. In, mm-hmm. in, in, I think that in our world, we're so afraid of people's reactions because we have been created environments where it's okay and we get a badge for failing. We live in, an, in, in a world where we get the badge for getting the A on the test and not for actually attempting the test. And I think that that's a big a big, um, you know, thing that allowed her to move forward, and we need to create these environments. But I love that whole story and how yeah, and, um, you know, it unfolded. Built from yeah, well, I appreciate it. yeah. It, it made her. It it was uh, and she got she did get an A on her story, which she was really proud oh good of. for her. Um, and it's so funny because I because she she got she's like I got an A. She's like, but I know Mama's not what really matters. Um, <laughs> followed up with that like, but. Uh, she, it's idea like confidence is built not by like the matches we win, right? Yes. Like if you're going to like that arena, it, it's built by the ones we lose. Like it's that idea that like, you know, I love the Seneca quote of like, you know, I judge you misfortunate because you've never lived through misfortune. Mm. You've never been challenged. You've never had the opportunity to know what you're capable of. Right. And, and it's just, you know, it's that going out and choosing to, to see those things as like, all right, like I got this. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get it, like yeah. if I fail miserably, like I'm going to fail successfully. Right. You know, it's that Absolutely. Up over and over again. And I hear so many people like 
they, they use the word hope. I get like very grumpy <laughs> about the word hope um, because I'm like, hope is not a plan. No, it's hope. not a plan at all. You don't have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some people, like I always say, like, you're hoping so you don't have to do. Like, mm-hmm. no, do, don't hope. And yeah. it's looking at like, where are you actually making those steps? And so when I work with, you know, teenagers and I look, work with adults in these businesses, it's like, okay, they'll say like, oh, I really want to be X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how are you going to do that? Or, well, I hope to do that. No, like, no, make a like, plan. Oh. Um, yeah. We need to celebrate also, you know, the, the people that choose the hard because choosing the hard is sometimes what we run away from. We, we we don't choose the pain. We don't choose the 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 you know, I've said this before, you know, the currency to our dreams is that the the challenges or or the or or the pain that we go through. That is the currency that we have to pay to get the things that we want. And the more that we allow ourselves to build the skills through failure, the easier it is gonna be to be more motivated and confident to continue to move forward. But we need to make yeah. it a point. And, and we, we don't live in a society, so I love that you're teaching individuals that. I love that you're setting the environment for that. It's it's so, it's so counterintuitive. The sign behind me, you can't read because it's like backwards, but it says, don't be afraid to take risks. Ooh. And here's the story behind why like this is actually like the idea of like choosing hard. So... I, when I was younger, had a speech impediment, right? Mm-hmm. And where I say my R's as W's, okay. which really sucks when your name is Rebecca Russo. So I was Rebecca Russo my entire childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Like now as an adult, I'm like, that's the cutest thing ever. As a kid, not so cute. Not so cute. Um, so, so I would have said risks as whisks. Mm. Um, and so when I came on, when I said I didn't have this, when I made this sign, I was like, oh, that's so clever. And then like, I didn't take the time to realize that every time I say that it like, it's me honestly facing a fear because I have like a panic moment of like, oh crap. Am I saying it like, cause I say wisps and uh-huh. I think I'm saying it wrong. And I just like have a slight meltdown every single time. Mm. But it's a reminder to me though, of like, all right, like choosing the hard it has things as silly as like the sign you put in your kitchen yes. that like challenges you to like like live like your days of a speech impediment, you know, and, mm-hmm. and really emphasizing and really living that idea like the impediment to action like leads to action. Yeah. Stance in the way is the way. Like Marcus Aurelius, like he had it right on that one. Um and in choosing you know, there's uh, you've heard of this Hercules at the crossroads, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know that, yep. that that parable is idea like Hercules, like he chose virtue. He chose the hard path. He chose all those, you know, challenges. He could have gone the way of vice, you know, she offered him a really sweet deal. Um, but he chose hard. Yeah. And it's and it's and to me that's so significant. It ties with what you said, which is so beautiful, which is the fact that it's not even just about, you know, the, like what comes at you turning that obstacle into opportunity. It's <laughs> seeking out opportunities <laughs> of obstacles, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's making a conscious decision of I'm going to go this way and courage 
is something we need more of. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I always, I always tell the group that, you know, courage, um, courage, courage is contagious, calm is contagious, and COVID is contagious. Like we want two of the three C's, you know, yeah. like, forget about COVID, let's stick with calm and courage. But, and that courage is in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So it, and, and it's in vulnerability of like owning your courageous moments. Right. Like, I feel like people have this like fear of like, talking about moments of courage because they're afraid people are going to say like, ah, oh, you're just like, you know, you're too big for your britches. Yeah. Or, or you're broken. Shamed. People are going to point yeah. out that we're broken. And I think that we're so afraid of the meaning that, you know, what are we making mean that we're broken when we really are just human. And, you know, it's, it's the thought that we have about what we're doing or who where we're, we may be a beginner at something as opposed to, you know, being at an expert zone. And I think that that's a little bit of what we need to normalize more. And this is one of my aims with a podcast is to really talk about like, you know, when, when someone sees your curated beautiful pictures, because you have these beautiful pictures, you, um, you also have uh, the cooking classes coming up. Someone may be like, oh my God, she knows how to cook. She teaches people how to cook. This is so great. But you have to dig deeper and see that, you know, you didn't get to where you are just randomly. You've had to struggle. You've had to learn. You've had to build something. And that takes time. And those are the things that we need to normalize, that there is time that needs to be invested into anything worth having. Yeah. Um, that's always, you know, my my way of looking at it is it's easy enough to get a flame. It's a lot harder to get a fire, right? Like mm. a flame versus fire thing. Yeah. And I always, you know, I, you know, when I try to sound like, like I'm in the know when I'm talking to high schoolers, um, mm-hmm. I always like be like, you know, you can go viral really quick. I'm like, TikTok. I've learned to say like TikTok and I'm Instagram now because that's even, yeah. Um, But I'm like, you know, you can go viral, right? You Mm -hmm. see people going viral. That's a flame, right? Right. The fire is those who sustain it. Absolutely. so many people and so many like adults too, when I do these workshops, they'll get that flame going, right? But they didn't take the time to like prep their stuff. They don't mm-hmm. have their kindling ready. They don't have everything like that. They rush to try to get to the fire because I make it all a competition, right? Right. To play to their, they're, they're so focused on winning on that outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not in their control, especially when like you have someone like me come through and I'll throw in obstacles. Like I'll go and like put out their fire halfway through. Be like, all right, mm-hmm. start over again, right? Yep. Like, that's like, I better hope you know, you, know, you better hope you know how to prepare. So flame versus a fire and mm. fires take time. And, and yeah. also sometimes people get lucky and that mm-hmm. idea, like you don't, don't look at the person, like, don't look at the exception to the rule. Right. I always tell people like the exception to the rule, that person who is like really successful and they just got lucky, right? They haven't had to struggle. Right. It happens. They are the stunt driver that is actually driving, like makes that jump over the cliff in a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Don't follow that car because you're not making it to the other edge. Right. You're not making it to the other cliff. You're falling down mm-hmm. to your death in the middle. Yeah, like, don't follow that driver. Follow the one that actually is following the detour path and like the mm-hmm. safe route. You're like it's yeah. just, it's so I think it's so easy though because you do see those people, right? And um, yeah, and we want to, yeah. you know, we want to see, we want to see the glory, we want to see the glory of it all. But when and when the reality 
you know, comes, like you said, like in the example of TikTok, um, uh, you know, you someone will see your video and be like, oh, that's so awesome. But are you really having an impact in the life of somebody else? Whereas if you're showing up consistently, you're sharing uh, from a place of authenticity, you're maybe teaching something the value and someone consistently comes and watches your video every day. The impact you're making in that person's life is so much greater than someone that maybe was amused by you for a little bit, you know, and I think that that's what we forget. Um, yeah, we, we all forget that, like, yeah, like my relationship with death is a little different than some. Like, I, I'm a big fan of like thinking about it and like not being afraid of it because it's happening to all of us. Yeah, it's so, happening like, to all of us. Have you? And did that, you listen the to the episode with my friend Seth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, he's- that, yeah. That is one to listen to. Yeah, he he really is someone that. Um, that's why we get along so well. Um, because this whole concept of death and it's happening to all of us, we need to talk about it more. Um, yeah, and people but don't. It, yeah, because I mean, like it, even the person who has the most money, right? Like that, you know. Yeah. Being the stoic, great time. I'm reading all the, the works. You know, it's so amazing to have the journals of like a Roman emperor to read, mm-hmm. right? Marcus Aurelius, and he talks about like he's gonna be dead just like the person you know who, who raises the, like all people like he's an emperor he's gonna die just mm-hmm. as everyone else will right, right. So all they're gonna be dead at some point mm-hmm. we're gonna end this on a high note so we're all gonna be dead um so like that's our equalizer yeah it's like you can be as big of a hit as you want but there are some really big hits thousands mm-hmm. of years ago, people that we don't even know the names of, right? Yeah. So it's not about your legacy. I'm not a fan of legacy. Mm-hmm. I think that that's outside of our control, right? Right. Just like your reputation is outside mm-hmm. of your control. Yeah. Respect outside of control. Dignity, that's in your control, right? So like uh, preparing for like, if someone's like going on a podcast, right? And you're like, okay, I'm nervous and looking at like, well, what am I nervous about? Right. What's my, am I nervous that people are going to hear me and think I'm an idiot? Why would I be nervous about that? Like I have no control over what someone thinks. Mm-hmm. So I waste time on that. Yeah. And, and how we define success, right? You might Agreed. give a speech and you'd be like, oh man, everyone booed. It was an absolute failure, right? How do you know? Like, how do you know it was a failure? Because oh, for sure. you don't give time. Time mm-hmm. tells the truth. Yes, yeah, and, and we don't give time enough space no. to actually no. show us the fruits of our labors. And and I think that this is something that um, when working with entrepreneurs, I see a lot that they're looking to always, um, you know, oh, how come I try that and I didn't get this? I'm like, well, because you tried it and you got to keep trying again and you got to keep getting better at it. You can't just decide, oh, that didn't work. I need to move to the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's very when important. I ask of women, it's mostly women, men don't, I don't follow this, but to describe them, like who here has purchased like, like some kind of like anti-wrinkle cream or some skincare mm-hmm. product. You use it for like one week, you see no change, you assume it's pointless, right. so you put it in the back drawer. And like everyone's going like, yeah, no, that's, of course, done that, right? Like, it's like yeah. if you see like it takes four months, you're like, well, screw that. Like we want that instant result. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's what the world yeah. is, is making us. Um, I know that we're running out of time and I want to be oh, sensitive yeah. to you. But um, I, so I, I have a niece that it is a bagel addict. 
and she lives in Miami. And I was thinking, can we sign up for your for your your bagel cooking class? How do your classes work? Can anybody register? Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so super easy. Um, my online classes start November sixth, mm-hmm. and all my classes, almost all of them, are gluten free optional too. Awesome. And I try to make sure that's an option for everyone. You, they're totally free. There's like zero hidden like. There's just no catch, like no catch to it at all. You sign up on my website. So just Becky's mindful kitchen.com and you register on zoom. Mm-hmm. The first 100 people join on zoom and okay. then everyone else can watch live on my Facebook page. Cool. So you do have to make sure you like, like my Facebook page. But what I do is I have um, an assistant watching the Facebook feed mm-hmm. and then she's letting me know what questions are happening there gotcha. um, because Dear Lord, I can't do both. Um, yep. And then those on Zoom, those 100 people on Zoom, it's so, if you know, you can ask questions in the chat or like unmute and, and ask me to look at your dough. Like there's almost always one. Oh my God, how in all fun. Where like, can you look at my dough? I'm like, all right, dough check time. And so we go through. And then those who can't join live, it's fine because all the classes are saved on my Facebook page. Cool. So you go back and rewatch them there. Oh my um, God, how fun. Fun. We have like up to about five thousand people joining live last winter. That's amazing. It was so. It was what was so cool about it was like you had people from around the world, right? And we're all just like connecting. So like the whole thing is a shared human experience, Mm -hmm. and I can't solve all the world problems, but for one hour, like I can like bring us together, no matter what your political beliefs, in the name of like carbohydrates. I love it. feels good. It feels, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's a Pixar style. So like I make very inappropriate jokes. I go over the heads of children. Yep. You land with the kids uh, or with adults, um, Perfect. you know, with bagels, we always have bagels do kegels. So that's mm-hmm. why you want to make sure like when you're making yep. a bowl, like <laughs> if there's a class with honestly, Julie, there's a class where there's anything with balls or nuts in it. I result to me like a 13 year old boy yeah. and like, and it's bad because it. people egg me on too. And then it's just like, <laughs> It's not, it's not professional. My web camera falls like off at least like once per half into a pot of boiling oil. Like it is, it's fun. I love it. It sounds like it's right up my alley. Um, on the sixth and I'm going to go register or at least register my knees. Um, but on the sixth, I am running my, uh, CEO, um, planning session for 2022. uh, And I'm inviting a bunch of women business owners, but if the work, if the schedule works, then I am going to be there for that because I yes, need to. Yeah, that's stones. The twentieth is bagels, so make sure you can. Do oh, the twentieth. Okay, so I'm going to go look. And then you're mm-hmm. doing. I saw. Was it um, muffins? English muffins or scones? Yeah. So there's okay. scones, um, and then there's. I also what I'm doing this year, which is different, is I'm having guest instructors. I'm trying to find Ooh, people fun. who from around the country or globe who like love to bake. They don't have to be professional at all. And they mm-hmm. have like a story, right? With their okay. food. So it's all about the story behind it. So I have someone from Boston, outside of Boston, so your area mm-hmm. doing a cookie dough cheesecake bars. Ooh, right. Amazing. Like I know. And then um, a pie, a wonderful baker teaching Thanksgiving pies and doing English muffins. Bagels, oh, wow. Stone. You know, remind me to connect you with my friends. Um, they, um, they're called Brown Butter. You should check them out on Instagram. But they made, um, they, they started a pop-up bake shop 
throughout the last couple of years. And then every, and they started to get a following and started to like a huge demand. And I mean, their stuff is freaking unbelievable. Um, and now they're actually getting a brick and mortar, um, which is insane. But, you know, they started in their kitchen at home, just baking these deliciousness. And they make these things that they're my favorite. They're called crustatas. And they're sort of like these crusty, flaky, and they do some savory. And they also do like the sweet where they put like preserves or fresh fruit on them. But I like the savory because it's like um, sun-dried tomatoes and corn and oh, so good. But yeah, connect with them. Maybe you uh, guys yeah. can collaborate because they're they're super awesome. They're two sisters. Um, and they just made Dan's um, cupcakes and, you know, they made the cake for my birthday. So we love them. Oh my gosh, I will look, that is awesome. I yeah. am a big fan. I'm a big fan just of taking things. If you make macarons in the classes and croissants, things that you yeah. think you probably can My friend do. also makes macarons. Yeah. Did you listen to that episode? She's no, one of the first episodes. Um, she wants to buy a farmhouse. And actually, you guys should also connect. She's in, in Illinois, uh, outside of St. Louis in, in that area. But she... I would love for her to teach a macaron class. Oh, she, she's it's um, probably... And I, I've, been to, I've been to Paris. Her macarons are better than anything I had in, in France. They're unbelievable. Um, and she does, now she has a baby that it, she's due any day now. So, but I'm going to connect you guys because she just was able to afford to buy her dream farmhouse and she's going to make a commercial kitchen. You guys should really, but check out her episode. It's, it's on, it's, she's probably my third or fourth or fifth guest. Her name is Caitlin mm-hmm. McCracken. So. I love that name. Darn, I really like that name. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I was like, damn, you have a good name. She you, has a good you, name. I think what's so admirable about you and so wonderful about you is that you are able to, I don't know, you, you know, everyone I've listened to in your podcast, they bring in such a unique twist, right? Their mm. own uniqueness. And you are beautifully talented oh, thank at you. allowing someone to be themselves thank and you. you never change. I mm-hmm. think that's what I love about podcasts. I'm such a podcast junkie for the most part. It's like okay. when the host stays the same and that consistency, and you yeah. are so consistent every time Thank I come to talk about anything. I've never, like, I can hear you and be like, that's Julie. Oh. Right? Like, and, and that's, that's, it's comforting. So, oh, well, good. I, yeah. You know, what you see is what you get. I'm not perfect. And I've got a lot of uh, growing and changing and evolving to do. It's a process, right? We're all in this together. Uh, but I, I certainly, I have to give props too to Dan. If it weren't for him um, pushing me to do the podcast, because I probably have talked about it for as long as he's known me uh, or as long as podcasts have been around. And he pushed me to take the leap. And now that, you know, he is really a true partner in this endeavor. Is, um, and you have other podcasts too. It sounds like he's doing, like, yeah, I know, so he's, you he's, your nephew doing a podcast too. Your nephew yeah, is awesome. Yeah. So we had a lot of fun. Um, we had my niece on there as well. I think that was like, I was, I was down in Florida in April. So anytime, anywhere that I go, I try to have guest uh, co-hosts. So super fun. I think it's great. I appreciate yeah. your time. And Thank you I, for coming. And where can people find you, Becky? Um, so website works to contact me. Um, Facebook is like my Facebook page. I don't have a Facebook group that I run, but my page Mm -hmm. is definitely kind of where that community is. Yeah. Instagram is kind of newer for me. 
as you know, I write long posts. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love Instagram it. has like a, an edited version of it, which always <laughs> like surprises me. They're like, oh my God, it's longer on Facebook. It is. Um, but it's usually better to read. Uh, and so Instagram or Facebook, and then to contact me directly, you can the website, and that's where the free classes are. Yeah. So make sure that you check out Becky, everything that she's doing. Um, such great wisdom and insight in all her posts. The last one that, um, she shared about, uh, the, the mouse. I, oh my God, not only was I laughing, but I was with you a hundred percent all the way. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> so go I check her out. I saw it on Facebook. On Facebook, that, that got some controversy. I had, I did. I, I saw that. Very angry messaging me, but um, I will say to almost forgot is I will be having a free online um, like girls group for like teens and tweens um, confidence and just and then also like another like um, teen for teens uh, mindful leadership. Oh, I love it. Online just doing it free. I want to just mental health is important. We need Mm -hmm. to be talking about different way. Absolutely. Um, Final plug of like working with some people on bring awareness to like teenage suicide yeah and so really important thing if you are listening and anyone listening who has like a teenager or, or going to be a teenager make sure that they have the contact info of like their friends parents yes. and they know their friends address and they have the phone number there was a um a local teenager whose life could have been saved but his friends didn't know where he lived. Mm. They didn't have a phone number of his parents and they didn't have a way to like get the cops. So tragic. So simple thing to do. Make sure you have that contact info. um, Yeah. And I'll not. That is a great message. Really ending high on on suicide. Well, here's the thing. If one life can be saved because of this message, it is a worth message to have. And I think that we need to um, create environments and communities where we look out for each other. The world is hard enough um, and we don't have to do it alone. We have each other as long as we're willing to step out and and, mm-hmm. and be the light for somebody else. So, Hang on in the Casa de Confidence. That's right. So come back to Casa anytime. I'm so happy that you're here and I will see you maybe in the clubhouse uh, streets. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Julie. Thank you, Becky. You're the best. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly 
forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly. Julie's Mastermind.